This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between VSB students and our world-class faculty. My name is Claire Asmussen, a senior marketing and international business major, and joining me today to discuss his research on the effects of Super Bowl advertising is Dr. Ray Taylor, John A. Murphy Professor of Marketing here at VSB. I was a student in his international marketing and trade class that helped generate some of the research behind the study. So it's great to see you again, Dr. Taylor. Thanks, Claire. Good to be here. So your study looked at the effectiveness of Super Bowl ads based off brands' usage of celebrities or animals. But I feel like we need to define what effective actually means. So does this mean that people simply like the commercials? Is it the ability to generate buzz? Is there some kind of monetary payoff? What's your take on this? It's a real good question, Claire, and that's part of the point of – you know, why I do a unit on uh, Super Bowl and big event advertising in class. We should think of advertising effectiveness more holistically than as opposed to people just liking the ads. Right. The uh, When you read USA Today, um, the day after the Super Bowl, the ads that they rate the best aren't necessarily the most effective ads. One thing I would say is it's up to the advertiser what the objective is. I, I mean, some of the GoDaddy ads... Um, that people of this generation will be more familiar with may not have been the most aesthetically um, pleasing from a creative standpoint, but they did a great job in raising awareness of that company from less than 10% of up to about 70% uh, over time. But most of the Super Bowl ads, the big measure of effectiveness is whether or not they're building the brand and, and not just whether consumers like them. Talk to us a little bit about the results of the study. What do viewers like? What don't they like? Are there any trends emerging when it comes to these ads? The general work I've been doing on Super Bowl advertising focuses on whether Super Bowl advertising justifies the investment and does effectively build brands for companies. And what we've been finding, um, based on a real cool set of data we've got where our dependent measures are from the market research firm YouGov, um, and it looks like all, all these brand building measures. And we're finding that an average Super Bowl ad does build the brand in the consumer's mind. YouGov has this panel um, of thousands of consumers that they survey every day to get their perceptions on individual brands. And what we're finding is that after a Super Bowl ad runs, a typical Super Bowl ad boosts the brand for a period of about a month. One of the findings was that celebrities can improve the effectiveness of a commercial, but simply inserting a celebrity is kind of a recipe for below average performance. Can you speak to this a little bit? I think it's a credit to the student groups that were in my class that knew from prior academic research that celebrity ads underperform, and the student groups also found that a typical ad featuring a celebrity was not as effective as a typical ad that doesn't feature a celebrity. That said... Um, And I remember in your group's report in particular, there was a real good statement um, that captures what's really going on. It's not that a celebrity ad can't work, but it's really got to be the right celebrity for the right target market using the right creative. And I I would cite the the Kevin Hart ad for Hyundai was a real good example of one that, that actually worked in this year's 2016 
Super Bowl. You might you might remember it's the one where he is, his daughter's out on a date and they feature the Hyundai, but he's got a helicopter tracking uh-huh. the poor guy and girl and whatnot. Yeah, that was yeah. a funny one. Yeah. That definitely makes sense, though. So it's all about fit, right? Yes. Another interesting finding was that male celebrities account for 75% of endorsements for Super Bowl commercials. And your study goes on to say that they aren't necessarily more effective than commercials with female endorsers. Why do you think this is? Way of background, one thing that's really interesting, as long as I've been studying advertising across all of television advertising, there are more male endorsers than female endorsers and models. And I, I don't know that anybody's ever really figured out exactly why this is. Mm-hmm. But in the Super Bowl, the audience only skews very slightly male. I mean, you've got about 110 million viewers. And, you know, the, the split is something on the order of 55, 45, or a little bit less. You know, you think, you think of there being more men being pro football fans. Um, but that said, the Super Bowl, almost everybody is watching. And we know from Nielsen that, that slightly over half of the people are more interested in the commercials than the, than the game. Um, but I don't think there's a good reason for this. It's, it, it may originate in the idea that this is a sporting event and there might be more temptation in some product categories to use male endorsers. More than anything, this finding would suggest to me that there is more opportunity to use female endorsers effectively in the Super Bowl. And I'm, and I'm surprised that we don't see more of it. Let's switch gears a little and talk about animals. So we looked at the frequency of dogs versus cats and found that dogs are used more frequently and are associated with higher levels of success. Do you think this is because there are just more dog people out there or why the favor towards dogs? I do think that there are more dog people out there and that these results are are verifying that. That said, it seems like dogs... Past history suggests they tend to work, so it's the easier thing for the advertisers to do. I think the same thing we see with uh, with celebrities and with humor as well. Right. It's viewed as a little bit more tried and true, so it's tried out more often. I mean, I do think it's possible for an ad with a cat to work, but you know, on average, other things equal. We did find that dogs work better than cats, and and that was that was a real striking finding across the student groups mm-hmm. too. We also looked at some of the best and worst performing Super Bowl commercials of all time, uh, regardless if they use celebrities or animals. So in your opinion, is there kind of like an overall recipe for success or a kiss of death for any associated with success or failure? There's not always a perfect recipe for every brand, but one thing that we do know is that the Super Bowl is fundamentally an American pop culture event. And as a result of that, ads for iconic American brands that use American symbols tend to perform very well. Budweiser makes extremely good use of the Clydesdales. Coca-Cola does some great Super Bowl advertising that invokes U.S. pop culture. Snickers mm-hmm. um, has run some very effective ads with, you know, y- using like an American football motif. Do you have a favorite ad of all time? Apple's 1984, I think, is pretty universally regarded as the best Super Bowl ad. Of course, our our, our current students um, weren't alive at the time, so that might not be too exciting. Right. Remind me again which that was. It was a minute-long ad where they showed this, this very athletic woman running with a sledgehammer. And at the end, it's, it's kind of based on 
George Orwell's 1984 oh, book. Oh, I actually do and, remember you showing us this in yeah, class. Yeah. yeah. And the idea is that they're shattering convention and something new was coming out. And that, that ad only ran once. And, you know, when I first watched it, I had no idea, you know, what it was for or uh-huh. what Apple was. But they really did plant in people's memory that this company, Apple, was going to do um, very separate things. And But, uh, you know, a couple others I would mention. We just alluded to the the 2010 Snickers ad with Betty White and You're mm-hmm. Not You and You're Hungry. And I, I thought the Eminem, part of this may be because I'm from Detroit, but I thought the Eminem ad for Chrysler imported from Detroit was oh, was right. um, a wonderful ad that built the Chrysler brand quite a bit. And I, and I am partial. Some of the, you know, they've done a lot of them now, but some of the Budweiser ads right. featuring the horses and the puppies are just really hard to argue <laughs> against. Like those are generally perceived well by the entire country. So overall, what was the most surprising finding from the study or what left the biggest impression on you? Since I've studied this a lot, I, I wasn't expecting much to be surprising, but the degree to which there are more male celebrities than female celebrities mm-hmm. you know, was surprising to me. And in the context of the Super Bowl where – um, you know, one thing that goes on, I mean, students also found that, um, you know, non-celebrity ads outperformed celebrity ads, serious ads outperformed humorous ads. Um, part of this probably is because there's fewer non-celebrity ads and there's fewer serious ads. So in some ways, there's a greater opportunity to stand out. Although I guess what, one other thing that probably does operate with uh, – the, the female celebrity endorsers is there's this tendency to use athletes more than show business personalities, even though, once again, this, our students found that the show business personalities actually outperform the athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think some of this is just you're seeing 50 commercials at once, and it's very helpful if the ad stands out. And I mean, if you're seeing the the 10th male athlete in the Super Bowl, it's really got to be special to stand sure. out. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much, Dr. Taylor. Thank you again for tuning in. Well, thanks, Claire. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty. 